Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to God's Best Kids podcast. I am your host for today, Harrison Lowe, joined by Ophi Bassi, as always. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you, sir. Likewise, I'm so happy to be here. As am I, as am I. We've already had a little prelude into this conversation, but I just kind of wanted to like kick things off by... Because I ordered a pair of up-tempos a couple of days ago. You've got the beanie shoes. Every girl. Ah, uh, right. I feel has that. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going to be keeping them, to be honest. I don't really like them. Nah, I don't really. I don't either. I just feel like every girl in my area usually has them. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Are they comfortable? They look really like, I don't know. I don't know. They're a bit heavy. Yeah, I, I I imagine that. They're quite heavy. But what it what it um spoke to me ordering these shoes was that I, I ordered these shoes out of a lack of actual choices more than anything. Yeah. Like I didn't order these shoes because I wanted these shoes badly. I ordered these shoes because I wanted a pair of shoes. At the moment the state of footwear is actually quite appalling. Like mm. Nike and Adidas have some stupid monopoly on everything. Nike specifically, because yeah. they just make the best designs, I guess. No one else bothers really making like, nice designs. Like Everything else is a bit boring. Like You can look at Salomon's and New Balance and like even Asics, potentially, but like they're all on like... The ground level below Adidas and Nike. I know um, standards and superstars are really popular again. Mm-hmm. And then I quite like the standards, to be fair. New Balance, 550s, are they ever actually going to go out of fashion? I think, I think they're really nice. I think they could probably last test of time. I don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think Amy Lee Ondor's business model will allow them to go out of fashion, to be honest. And I've got dunks, but I feel like the housemate's got New Balance 550s I just feel like they're more like solid shoe I feel like they should have been the ones that NBA players should have been wearing before like Jordans do you know what I mean they just look like a more solid reliable shoe uh, hardware comforting trousers just fit perfectly on them instead I don't know I don't know what else it's, it was very like uh, that's concentrated. Yeah, but then, but then, like, you buy a Nike shoe, right? And it's not good anyway. So I got some Blazers last year. Oh yeah, no, two years ago now. They they broke um the first or second time of wearing. Really? That just hat, what broke? Um, well, the leather, it just like fell apart. Like oh, they're yeah, just sure. they're not great. Um. Shouldn't have got leather be good quality anyway. It's like a Nike no. shoe. This is the thing. All of the Nike shoes are just really bad quality, realistically. Like I like I look at the up tempos and as much as part of me thinks, yeah, like, like this is actually a decent shoe, or at least suits like part of what I wanted to go for anyway. I just look at it and it looks like a big chunk of plastic. Yeah, nah. That's right, because I've never been like up close and personal to them. So I've never been able to like, analyze them. But they just do seem like fat and heavy. Oh, I'd be intrigued to see how my feet, like what it's like to like, walk in and, you know, stuff like that. And how comfortable they are as well. Out of 10, out of 10. I'd say they're just in like five, like in the middle. I don't, I don't think they're that comfortable. Like, are they like durable? Definitely. Could you like run. I think you'd have to get used to the like <laughs> heavy footedness, but yeah. Where do I come up to? Like just past your ankle? Uh probably like level with it. Oh, really? Yeah, like they don't come very high. That's not that high then. I've always imagined them to be like high tops. I feel like they're kind of between mid and highs. Yeah, I hear that. And like actually it's so expensive now. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Maybe that's because I'm just not working, but I feel like no, no, no. Like back when I was what, like 13, 14, 15, like a pair of Stan Smiths would cost you no more than 50 quid. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same for like Air Forces and Blazers and every single that's... baseball tennis shoe kind of 
Nah, that's just because your feet are size three, so you can get the kids nice. No, I've I've always had big feet. There's <laughs> obviously the Nike Corsairs ones. Would you wear them? Ninety fives. I'd wear the black ones. Black and pink. Yeah. Yeah, I like them to be fair. I like both of them, but I feel like the black's probably more versatile. Well, are you excited for the blue ones? The blue ones? Apparently, yeah, the third one's going to be blue ones. Supposedly, people think it'll be released in Paris. Uh, no, nah, I didn't even know about this. Blue ones, what, what would they look like? What the Blue and black? I don't know. Blue, I've, blue I've, red, and white. I've clearly heard they're blue and... They're going to be released in Paris. They went to New York in it for the for the ladies ones, but I don't think they're ladies for unisex. But they, they they're was called ladies ones because they hunted down Ice Spice, which I'm sure you would have loved. They hunted. What do you mean by that? What do you mean like they hunted her down? I swear, someone like at least Clint or so Cortez like tagged her. What size are you? Oh yeah, I did see that. Did they? Did she ever respond to any of them? I don't know. But they do now have, they have a nickname in America now, which is the Ice Spices. <laughs> Someone who hates America so much, you're very in tune with their culture. I just see what people say. You know. Where? On what platform? That was on Twitter. I got the I got the Days magazine on True. Same. Yeah. What cover did you get? Flint. Uh, Dick Ryder. Never me. I got I got um you know the ones of all the photographers. I didn't. I didn't really look at the covers, to be honest. <laughs> it's bloody expensive, though. Oh, mine was like five pounds. I'm saying, but like, if you were, if you wanted to get a subscription, for example. Oh four, yeah, that forty-five quid for a year. Can I show you? That's nice, elegant. That's what I was going for. Couldn't <laughs> be having that ice slice on the front cover, sitting in my parents' house, like. With what she was doing, no way. No, see, I, the only reason I I got Clint because I was like, this is like the first interview, so it's like quite a cool thing to have. Yeah, and he looks so mischievous when he's holding the baseball bat and has that creepy smile. Smug. He is quite a smug guy. Because because I can't talk about it on winner of the week because it's not my winner of the week. But like British Nigerians are having a moment. Yeah, we are. Like a moment and a half, by the way. Like. Like every, everything that I read about at the moment is, or like everything that I see that is cool, like that's British, there's a higher chance that someone of Nigerian heritage was behind it. Like I was reading a squire the other day and their like interior designer that they're giving all this high praise to is a British Nigerian. And I was like, and then you've got like Sloan and Clint and like, I'm sure you've got people Me. in like... Exactly. The, the best of them. But then, like, I'm sure if they're like, if you asked me to name an artist, and I would say Sloan, if you asked me to name like a fashion guy right now, and then probably be Clinton, if you asked me to name an interior designer, I assume it'd be that woman because I don't really name an interior designer. Yeah. It's quite interesting, also, because like you've spoken about how in a Nigerian household, um, following the arts isn't really a, a thing that's like promoted to you or even necessarily given to you as a big option or an option at all, mm-hmm. and like. Oh, this lot are destroying that. Yeah, good. So it should be power to the people. Everyone should have a platform to express themselves. Like, no one's going to stop me from having this big po- podcaster. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Listen, when I, when I get my big guest, Pharrell or, or Saka, he's going to say, he's going to say, stop it. No one can't silence the star boy. Who, who should be our first guest, do you reckon? I feel like that... we've talked about Clint and Sloan so much that we kind of, just have to get work in doing interviews. And and I and I feel like our first our first guest is probably not gonna be the biggest. Get Jason Spades. Yeah, true. Because he's he's obviously small at the moment. So you know Soho Yacht Club's gone a bit quiet recently. When you were on um Instagram, would you ever get like an advert for Soho Yacht Club? No. Would you? Probably, yeah. Because my Instagram adverts are absolutely terrible. I follow Blondie McCoy's brand Temps. And I get Thames adverts, for example, all the time. And I get like all of the adverts I get are for people I follow. And it kind of pisses me off because I'm just I'm just looking at this thinking, I like this brand. I would have known about this anyway, first of all, if I didn't get an advert. And secondly, you are wasting this brand's money by pushing their stuff to me when I already follow them. 
realistically, this brand has paid Instagram for a service of promoting their shit to most likely new followers. And then they're like, ah, we're going to target this guy who already follows and like goes on their website regularly anyway. We're going to target him with their adverts. Can't say I get any ads. But I don't like, I'm a stories man on Instagram. So I don't actually like scroll through. Stories. Stories. That fucking. On stories, that double advert thing needs to stop. Like, I don't know when it started, but we've got to the point where you're just on stories, then you get an advert, and then another advert. Nah, I just think you're pretty unlucky. I don't think I've got a double story. I feel like they're listening, but they get stuff like uni and undergrad courses at whatever uni it may, may be, and University of Oxford courses as well, like online courses, stuff like that. Then yeah. Like, university see a West, Westminster undergrad psychology course come do us here now yeah i always yeah. get adverts for whatever i've been talking about i don't know last week i got an ad- i can't remember but I, I yeah i just started getting adverts for something that i think i'd been talking to kim about like something female product related right something that yeah. means absolutely nothing to me i will have no cookies about it or anything shows up <laughs> at my feed I'm like, see that's creepy there's only one way you know that I've spoken about that. But I, I just feel like someone needs it's to make creepy. new social media at this point with like less emphasis on advert. Like I know capitalism needs it because they all want to make money and keep growing and whatever. But like That's to say. you can still like people hate adverts on social media at this point because that it's it's everywhere. Like if you do what TV does, for example, like people actually pay a bit more attention on TV because the adverts aren't constant. It's like you have 15 minutes or half an hour and then you get given an advert. Like, if you keep yeah. lower, you actually hold people's attention more because they get less frustrated with the whole two 25-second adverts before a YouTube video that both aren't skippable, which makes... Oh, absolute- yeah, that's so dark. YouTube is the worst one because all you wanted to do is watch a video. And back in the day, like even if you did get an advert, you could skip it straight away. Yeah, now you can't. And now, yeah, you just have no option. Plus, listen to, like, whoever you're watching, whatever you're watching, be like, this is a paid sponsorship, and then you have to skip it and shit. Like, I have, obviously, I have no problem with them doing sponsorships, but it is still... No, they, I don't, like... Get your, get your money, but it is bloody... It, it on top of... The video. Yeah. yeah. I I'd say, like... I would do a new sponsorship right at the start, do right in the middle. Again, you just get like more engagement, like people are more attentive. If the creator's like, and this is a paid sponsorship from Manscaped and it is it or whatever. I hate the way when you watch a podcast, they've got it like, oh yeah. Close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there, there are some podcasts, I think like Joe Rogan always does all of his sponsorships right at the start. Like he just, scans through them and then you don't have to hear it again and then and then you get like every other podcast is like right in 10 minutes time there's going to be an advert and then another 10 minutes is going to be an advert and another 10 minutes is going to be an advert and another 10 minutes is going to be an advert and all of that adverts because it's a podcast like one or two minutes long as well instead of like listen creators get your fees but you know allow it what's joe rogan saying i had a little phrase where i was listening to a lot of what he had to say i have no clue I've I, I, I I've I've not I've not listened to or watched the Joe Rogan podcast since like the Kanye one. Oh, I fell asleep in that one. It's quite boring. I, I was I couldn't. I was driving. Uh, yeah. I think I, I think just... through a podcast is easiest when you're driving because you can like just zone out. Yeah. There's there's no other time in your life where you genuinely have like an hour or whatever to just listen to something if i'm if i'm listening to a podcast while i'm working i'm not really listening to a podcast because i'm focusing yeah so and some of you might have us in the background as well yeah so listen exactly i'm sorry you're wearing headphones and that we're just all about close friend stories and recently if you're on my close friends i asked a question this is a bit off off topic for the podcast today, but ask the question if would you be a Premier League referee for between forty thousand pounds to seventy thousand pounds a year? What would you answer? I I answered no. That's what I would have said as well. 
However, my housemate, yeah. had, along with 47% of people that took part in that, said yes. And I, I was trying, we'll get the train to London. And I was just trying to explain to Ted how that amount of money is, albeit it's a lot of money, is not worth the aggro and stress of being a referee. Back to in all the travelling, the weekends away as well. You're missing like kids' birthdays, wife, partners' birthdays, family occasions, abuse of players, fans, um, coaching staff, everything like that. Factor that in. You still have to be like fit and you're like 50, 60. Like that's, you can't really drink. Like you can drink, but if that's a big part of your life and your culture, are you getting compensated enough not to do that? And I feel like for a lot of people, probably not, in my opinion. I, I think for me, it was like the public side of it. It was like the doing your job, like with like hundreds of thousands to millions of people watching you, who all, by the way, as we spoke about last week, are inclined to hate you for whatever you do. And, yeah. and you're managing a section, like what you're looking after on that pitch is a group of people who make more money. Every single player on that pitch makes more money in a week than you make in a year. So why the fuck would I want to be part of that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just don't think like that was base levels 40 grand and it could rise to 70 grand because we saw that you're like paid like a grand every game. Mm. Um, but I just didn't think it was worth it personally. I guess you could argue it wouldn't be your main job. That's what I. That's what I thought. That's what I said. But like, it's a full time thing. I thought. Well, on the side they do like consulting, or I don't know if they ha- if they specialize in something like if they're lawyer or something. Yeah, exactly. But nah, that's not that's not the case. Like these, that's like a full time job. So it's not even an yeah. option. It, nah, it's not because you you read like you have to attend meetings during the week, training programs and stuff, um, and just like general stuff. But being a ref, I, don't, I can't really remember what it said, but like being a referee is like a full time job. You can't just do something else on the side. I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Nah, hate that. You know, like how politicians do that stuff, like consulting or whatever. I mean, we've just seen the led by donkeys video. Um, but like that's what, if that was like an option, you could take pay consulting roles or whatever else. Like yeah, that'd be calm. But for full time job, no way, man, no way. You shouldn't have brought up led by donkeys video. That's pissed me off. Man. Which one was your favorite? Would you say? I'd say quasi quarting. It, it just builds a stronger character for me that I already kind of knew a bit about. Yeah, I hear that. Um, he's not big great with Max. Is he? And he was a chancer. No, he was. He's a bit of a donut. Yeah. Uh, mine was probably Sir Graham Brady. To be fair, um, his was just utter greed. <laughs> he was like, that. That was gluttony. That's what they talk about in the Bible about greed. That was disgusting. The numbers he was. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. It like he knew it was cheeky as well, and he still did it. I just couldn't believe it. Like, all of them, to be fair, saw a chance for a quick buck. Mm. Like, stuff like that, I feel like it's the same with, like, applying for a job. Surely, like, you'd research the company and, yeah, like, look at their values and stuff and, like, if they actually exist and if they're legit. So, well, like, I just feel like that's such a thing. Your staff should definitely have at least gotten, right, is this a legit thing? Yeah, like, has, has anyone heard of them kind of thing? Someone's like, getting, someone, a lot of people have got fired for that video. Definitely. 100%. See, they might be losing their jobs, but do you reckon anyone's really going to be losing their jobs from AI? Uh, yeah. Like yeah. people that are within the economy, like low skilled workers in terms of those that perhaps do repetitive tasks. Um, so like assembly line work, stuff like that. Um, I feel like I, <laughs> AI could definitely... Uh, replace them unfortunately 
and jobs such as like data entry as well. AI is just there to essentially help be more efficient and productive, essentially. So if you can do the monotonous tasks, repetitive tasks, AI is not there to like for every job and it doesn't, it's not like an all fits well solution kind of thing. So I think AI will struggle, not even struggle, like AI doesn't like replicate like emotional intelligence, stuff like emotional intelligence. Like you can't have an AI therapist, do you know what I mean? You can't, yeah. And like the creativity as well. Yeah. I just think AI shouldn't really replace any of that and can't. And it's just there to help us free up time for more complex work and more like demand levels of work as well. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same belief as you. I think, I think the assembly line one that that's a bit of a way off though, obviously, because like they they need they need to figure out a way to like make it, I guess, have a physical form realistically. Mm, um, yeah, so that would be quite difficult. My thinking was admin, but having said that, I'm a I'm a bookkeeper part time, right? And yeah, my job is for therefore basically data entry. Like it's read this guy's invoices and put them in, or read this company's payroll and pay the people, or read this guy's like bank accounts and like put them into a thing and do his tax return. This is the thing. Like even that job, there are things there that I know AI just wouldn't do. I I don't know how you could necessarily code AI to sometimes know that. A transaction from WH Smith is part of PPS, which is like postage stationary, which means that it's like a tax deductible versus when it's just a subsistence and it's or it's a drawing, so it's a personal purchase. If you bought a Mars bar from WH Smith, that's your own money. If you buy like paper for your company from WH Smith, How's AI going to work that out? Yeah. It, it can, like, replace boilerplate stuff, for example. Like, lawyers' workload and, like, their secretary's workload could definitely be lower. But you can't replace a lawyer, for example. Like, Yeah, that's what I mean. You can't replace, like, human touch and, like, like emotional intelligence. If, if I'm, if I'm like, if my company, for example, needs a bit, like, a proper, strong, like, piece of, like, terms and conditions or whatever for like all the nuanced shit that we do i'm not going to trust ai to like understand my company's model perfectly no yeah exactly i've tried trust me i've i've asked i've asked them to like give their projections on like certain companies and they don't like they, they just can't fully understand it no see that's why I, I don't think it's a tool to replace things i think it should be used alongside what we already have kind of thing um and then as it develops, I think it should still continue to be used alongside what we have. Like, I think it's pretty heartless and pretty cold to just replace humans as a whole. Like, we'll see mass unemployment because yeah. a certain level of the economy needs people like that. that are kind of like, I agree with you, but I I think AI is basically a tool, right? AI is a tool. It's that... really cool, though. To be fair, yeah, no. So, uh... We've we've spoken about this multiple times, and every time we always come out of it like saying AI is pretty damn cool, and just use it to help. It's freakish, like it's never going to replace like real person, like real people and personable touches on things. But use it like it is a very good tool. Um, yeah, what I saw weirdly this week was that it can like replicate your voice. It's really weird. Like I saw this video where if you get a random number off your phone, you should never like speak first because they could like be making deep fakes. I know that sounds wild, but apparently that's what it does. And like it can deep, deep fake your voice to, like if they get a piece of my voice, for example, they can like AI can use it to say any kind of thing. And it, it will sound like I've said it, which I think is really weird. And like I've seen, there's a, there's a website for, um, voiceovers as well for like if you're doing some marketing campaign or something and it can just do it and it sounds so like authentic and real yeah like have you seen that clip that went around like a couple like maybe a month ago now that um like supplements clip where they deep faked andrew huberman on the joe rogan podcast 
and they both spoke about like this supplement product and they were like they they ai generated their voices saying like and if you look it up on amazon it's the first one and like it does all of these oh, things and they deep faked like the video on the podcast and like showed it on amazon and like i, I don't know how many people for example like andrew Huberman, very reliable source of information and yeah rogan very big following so like exactly ai could just lead to a load, load of misinformation uh, yeah. to be fair if you wanted to deep fake my voice you probably wouldn't the easiest way probably isn't to call me it's probably just to go on god's best kids podcast i mean yeah i i think about this every week i, I think well there's like another hour and a half of footage that people can just deep fake us from um, i'm just like yeah every, every single time i upload it i'm like that much easier to ruin our lives. <laughs> no, a hundred percent. But yeah, it could just lead to like massive misinformation. That's that's scary. That's fucked. It's really scary. And and something that we've always faced misinformation about really is COVID. And like, there are people that will believe stuff like that, and naturally, because why wouldn't you? But, but just like, how weird was COVID though? Yeah, like, there was massive misinformation with that as well. By the way. No, but just in general, like, I, I don't know what made me think of this, but do you not remember the epidemic itself of people posting pictures of them sitting two metres away from their best mate with, like, a beer or, like, a can of, like, cider or something? If you look, it just feels a bit weird. And it's just like everyone did that. And it, it looks so dystopian and insane. Yeah. Like, just meeting up with your friends to, like, stand two metres away from them. Like we we did that. That was literally three, three years ago. Like, to the, like this period. Like some sometimes uh, like we we would meet up. We might like stretch like that to like fist bump, and then we would like just walk like half a meter to two meters like a stride from each other. Yeah, and then like, like that. go one at a time into the bakery. Oh, that is weird. It's pretty dystopian. Like sitting that, in that, that was weird. Sitting in our cars, talking through the windows, like having Going to go to the shops, yeah, and having to like go out with your mates, and like you're all driving your own car, and then like, you all pull up in a line, like in the car park, and like <laughs> all of your windows are just—it's so weird. That's so sick. Like, do you think we're like ever, ever, ever like gonna get over COVID? What do you mean? Like, I thought that like, I'm over COVID. Well, see, this is the—that's the one thing I wrote down here was that like, it might be different for you compared to me because the time in my life that I really regret it happening is it happened halfway through my first year of university and yeah everything was lifted halfway through my third year and that's when I'm working the hardest anyway so I didn't have a chance to like you know socialize with uni people mingle with like I was at home yeah. for my first year and my second year and then I was at uni for half of my third year and that was like rotation mm. and final major project. So, and there are there are like things there that I could have gone out more like in my third year, but it might have. Like I always had this work first mentality, and also, yeah, definitely. COVID had just created this kind of anxiety for me, like in terms of going out. Like I've not done it for so long. Like it just doesn't feel normal anymore. Like it feels like something different like before covid i was like you know you could find me in the pub in our town like probably every night of the week with my mates and it wouldn't be a surprise that i was there since then like i've not been to that place once i feel like yeah i'm pretty over it to be fair because it was ripe in my first year mm. but like we were kind of in a student bubble as it were so like we could still socialize in a way and like we were playing sports I think until when the sports were stopped and banned, because it was like stop, start, bear, that's the sports. I think that I found that pretty difficult because obviously I really enjoyed that and that's how I made a lot of my friends. Mm. And like then I, I didn't like have contacts with people in terms of like um, social media or like phone numbers and stuff. So like once a week I would literally see the same heads and I'd be like, oh, it's safe, nice to see you and like catch up until I actually started like being proactive and getting people's numbers and stuff um 
and then like yeah I'm in my third year now and obviously there's no sign or anything like that so I've been pretty lucky in terms of that um I think it was more difficult coming home at each time you have to come home like for Christmases and Easter's in yeah. first year it was only first year really and maybe a bit second year in terms of that I had something to think about in terms of like uh like uh so last week before Christmas I might take it easy and I might not go out this week just in case I catch something like just constantly doing tests I remember I could have gone to see Arsenal in Leeds but I was like I just can't. like this was in my second year as well so it wasn't as rife but like the chances were still there I was like like if I do realistically I might be like it's a crowd of like 30,000 40,000 like you can't just be like you can't have the mentality of like oh it's just going to happen to me kind of thing like that could very I could easily have caught it from anyone yeah I think I was I was pretty lucky with it in terms of like it didn't really hinder that much my year like probably just half a year with my uni and yeah. even then not really but yeah it has changed definitely like a lot of work Mm. a lot of the way things work like I think before uni I don't know maybe you could give me some insight on this like perhaps they didn't put recorded lecture videos on or like like, they didn't tailor it to the online world as much so I think I've really benefited from that and so have a lot of people but yeah like we we had a small course right so we were expected to come in like all the time because we had such a small course it's quite obvious if you're not there um yeah and also it's a creative course so like a lot of stuff is quite reliant on you being there to like be able to do creative mm. even after yeah the second second covid happened even after like we started coming back they would record sessions and be like yeah we'll put it online if you can't be bothered like you're not around or whatever like like if you wanted to go home they'd just be like yeah fine like we'll put it online you can join on zoom if you want or you can just watch it later like and then mm. And that just like completely changed. And yeah, I I don't know if you saw I put um it on my story, like just asking like what's COVID changed. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I saw that. like pretty much everyone said remote working or working from home. Yeah. You just don't go anywhere. Like Yeah. There's no pressure really to go out anymore. And I think I think for me, for example, like yeah, as as we've said, like yeah, you you luckily had like the university bubble. I I unfortunately didn't, and yeah, I think my life's now at the point, and it has been for a couple of years, and it like makes me quite sad because like I've missed this chance. Personally, I feel like to make some like the best connections I could have in my life that like most people do. I've that's like now built into me because like everyone's so used to working from home. Yeah. That, like, even now, when I look at jobs, I'm like, if it doesn't offer hybrid working, I don't know how much I want to do it. Mm. And like going out to me, I like going out. I like seeing my mates, but it's also like no longer the normal thing. Like it's like a secondary option in my mind. Like I would... yeah, definitely benefits and drawbacks from from stuff like that. But like I know like those in like their mid twenties, kind of thirties, yeah. like. Like I've read and I've heard like from a lot of them, it was like kind of like the wake up call, and like there's there's this massive thing called like the great resignation. Or well, this was across all ages, so like anyone in work really, where they just like leave their job without any feasible plan, just because like they realise, oh, I actually hate it here, I really dislike it, and I'm just not happy. And like I think COVID was a wake up call for quite a lot of people. Mm, so perhaps. Yeah go into a new industry or go into a new work or take up a hobby or kind of pursue their passion or make their hobby a business kind of thing. I, I do think it kind of like just across the board created this thing of like, you know, I'm not going to pay too much attention to things that shouldn't concern me or that I shouldn't be concerned about. Like, I, yeah. feel like, I feel like, um, shout out friend <clears throat> who I went to uni with like she's the only person who said this in reply to my story was like inner peace and like self-worth and that kind of stuff and I didn't understand what she meant when she said that but now I do like a lot of people because of the time COVID was and the very risk of mental health problems that it could also cause in terms of not being able to socialize not being able to go out not being able to do exercise like not being able to do most things um 
meant that you have to like discover this kind of new self-love for yourself if you're going to survive it mm, and that's true i think yeah like that's a massive thing i think that's Very probably the biggest thing that's come out of it is that like at least for our generation like people always talk about you know like our generation don't want to work or quite quit or like if the work conditions aren't right they're not going to stay there and that's because like we've been through this thing as a lot of people have but like we've clearly taken this lesson out of it which is like i'm gonna look after me before i look after you that ignited a fire within people yeah and perhaps within myself as well to be fair i thought i was probably a bit more reckless to be fair not in terms of like putting people in danger but like just like fuck it let's try everything like stuff like that and i still feel like i've got that mentality now in terms of like just try everything um other things with an open mind because literally it was literally like the next day everything could change yeah i think i think i was more you saw a more grateful me i was more i had more gratitude within myself as well same and shout out kofi who said coughing in public has changed yeah um but yeah i think it is time for of the weeks um who is your winner sir uh french people for continuous strikes and protests and and just anyone that continues striking as you were saying about the work conditions yeah if they're not good enough not to standard and pay and wages aren't in line with inflation absolutely how do people keep revolting we stand with you exactly mine is funny enough also a frenchy uh i've gone (laughs) Antoine Dupont. Probably fair. Yep. Oh, why? French, French scrum half. He won Six Nations player in the tournament. Ireland fans, I love it because they've been complaining because it isn't one of their players, which I understand. They like want a Grand Slam, right? But the team won a Grand Slam. Like, if there was any player who made you say wow in every game, it was Dupont. Like, his brain is working at 100% like all the time we spoke about bruno last week yes like, it's on a football pitch that like you just don't see and he just does things and that's what the bond's like without any of the bad stuff just some bruno quickly his hand gestures and ah, oh, i don't like that i don't like that no. i don't like that sorry it's really annoying I, like, I used to do that and it's just petulance like you'd think you like grow out of that but bruno's like 27 28 body language is appalling sometimes just so I, I agree with that body language there's a lot about football player to me and I just don't really respect it who is your loser of the week my loser of the week is William Hill and just all betting companies in general I don't fuck for that um, why because they had to, they got fined 19 million pounds for alarming social responsibility failures failings and all anti-laundering uh, failures also they allowed one customer to open their account and spend twenty three thousand pounds in 20 minutes um another set up their account spent 18 grand in 24 hours um and a third spent thirty two thousand two and a half and a half grand over two days and these were all without checks at all so they were just passively allowed to do it one customer was able to lose 70 grand in a month another lost 38 grand in five weeks and I lost 36 grand in four days as well. It's clear, like, the, the industry, they can't police themselves. Like, that is, that's unacceptable. How you, that can't be happening. And the Gambling Commission is under that 26 fines or penalties worth a combined 76 million pounds since the start of 2022 alone. And, like, we're four months into 23. So, um, yeah, it just profits off people that are like addicted I, I i completely agree with you but do you, do you not find a problem though with the, the punishment to me 19 million pounds doesn't touch the sides no exactly that's what what would you say is appropriate in that sense i've i've always said i've got a strong moral compass right like if if you're breaking like i've said this about man city like same kind of thing like if you're breaking administration and and showing like very little kind of remorse, remorse. about it in any way and like you're genuinely damaging people's like careers, lives, whatever. Yeah. I don't think you should just be basically given a slap. If you're making someone's life harder for whatever reason, just because you can and it makes you money, I 
just don't think like you should like because 19 million just means oh we can do it again yeah it's like shell right in intense profiteering absolutely sure they don't get anything which just means ah oh, okay so now we can just set the price people will pay it and the government or anyone else won't do anything and that's the story everywhere at the moment like we have a cost of living crisis that partly exists but is also partly manufactured and no one's going to do anything about it and it, that's my that's my opinion like you're making everyone's life a lot harder when you could just punish people accordingly for like doing things that they just shouldn't be doing and we'd all be fine you know it's been obvious they can't really self-regulate themselves at all. So I think yeah. the greater authorities need to step in and the government really needs to take deep action about this because um, those are vulnerable individuals. I don't think they have a problem, but certainly do. My loser. Right. Yeah. Um, right now, I'm just feeling the Tories. Like, I'm pretty sure every week for them, they've been loser of the week yeah. for five years. So at least... Five. Like fuck the Tories and you should all right now at this point I just don't appreciate any of you so that's it hey, 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 hey. Um, well never gonna lose by futures my track of the week mm, nice nice 2015 album but that's just been played a lot recently which from Australia and I'm an idiot great Joe Barnes how does it? How you does it? That one makes me feel like I'm on top of the world. It's like me and my niggas are motherfucking tight. You can't even tell us apart. Yeah, like friendship, emotions, passion, and just gets me gassed up. Like free football. That's the shit. That's the shit they need, man. Nice. Mine is also a 2015 track. Um, it is California Roll by Snoop Dogg from the album Bush. Just, well, the Neptunes produced it. So Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. Um, Pharrell behind everything, dude. Yep. And Pharrell also sings on it. And as does Stevie Wonder. And I think if you've got Snoop Dogg, Pharrell Williams and Stevie Wonder on a song, you've got my backing. Uh, like, it's, it's it, it, just, it just is one of those beautiful things. Like, the production is genuinely just so obviously the Neptunes. Like, mm. you know, Pharrell's fingerprints are on it. It's so obvious. And it's just a beautiful song. Like, um, I, th I think it's one of those that can be played in genuinely any occasion. Like, it's a really chilled out, relaxed song because it's a Snoop Dogg song and the whole album is. Like, I mean, the fucking album's called Bush. Do I need to, like, spell out what it's about? But, it's just bloody, it's just so good. It's just like I can sing it, I can relax while it's on in the background, I can like get kind of hyped to it because it's just that good. That's it. I love that, man. Absolutely. Shout what out you. What Pharrell is, is actually behind everything sick. He is. What is your audio um, visual? My audio visual of the week is Beatty's. It's a their YouTube channel and they yeah. post Sunday League videos and I think they are fucking sick. Um so yeah they're just a team from East London. I love it. Maybe if you watch it you might recognise the guy that like commentates. Beatty like I feel like they only have they don't have that many subscribers yet, but just it allows me to like reminisce upon Sunday League was this is like a men's side by the way. Just a lot they're not professionals or anything but oh. it's just a lot of talent. And they just play football like how I like it being played in terms of like a lot of tech skills. Um, just playing football like you're on the streets on the cages. I think that's why I particularly like them. Nice. And listen, man, they're doing their thing. So shout out Beatty's. I feel like that's quite a big genre, like for the last couple of years now, like Sunday League teams that like, having their own YouTube channels, which is quite yeah, interesting. Because yeah. obviously there's no... There's no real funding there. There's no glitz or glamour. Like Yeah. It's real. And and yet like it still gets the views. Like it's it's, it's like almost more intriguing because like yeah, it's so real and raw and there's no like PR about it or anything. Like yeah. you're seeing real people and real stories instead of like 
Yeah, absolutely. It's just like people from ends, like they've not moved out or whatever. And some of them are playing each house since I was kids as well. But like one video you should definitely check out is they play like against professional footballers, like Alex Wobie's mm. team. And like it's like eight aside or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like insane. Like it's in a cage and like it's like it's just filthy. They hold their own as well against pros. Decent. Mine is Love is Blind. Season four came out last week on Netflix. Um so it's I hate the usual dating reality shows, by the way. But so Love is Blind, as I can see that oh, it's a real show. Yeah. Like, Basically you have like fifteen or twenty men and fifty like yeah, fifteen men, fifteen women, and they can't ever see each other. And they go around and date everyone. Like they get locked in this like room which has a wall oh. in and like they just have to talk to them and get to know their personality. I think it's a thing of beauty because it's genuine psychological, like psychological torture to watch for them. Like you are basically watching people get absolutely fucked in the head. When yeah. I wrote this, I hadn't watched the latest episodes, so like I, I was a bit looking forward to that. They set up this kind of thing where three of the couples who like proposed yeah this is the other thing you have to propose within 10 days you have to propose yeah it, like within 10 days and yeah. that's like you sticking with that person in it yeah and you, obviously that's why it's called love is blind because you can't see them yeah, until yeah. and then you have to get married in four weeks time um three of the couples so they all go to mexico first as like a group for the first yeah. week and three of the couples like at least one of the halves was more attracted to someone else who they'd also had a strong connection with like in the booths they set up like this kind of like you know is that a three-way wife swap situation going to occur and one one person did actually like break it off with his fiance and goes back to the woman who was his second choice and proposed to her instead the most interesting thing about it is in the booths a lot of it is just genuinely about like sexual tension versus who's the person for you which i think is like dating anyway like i think realistically Mm. A lot of people get hung up on like, you know, how much do you turn me on when that is an important part of it. But the more important part is how good they are for you as a person. And a lot of people like mm. don't choose the best person in lieu of, you know, sex is all right. And that's that's what I love about it. And the other thing is it really shows that you can be like really good as two people, like a good match. And then when you move into the real world together, you just can't click. Yeah. They like live together. Yeah, they have to live together for like three weeks before the wedding. See, that could be, that's like a make or break for a lot of people. Yeah. Is it a whole, do I have to like watch a whole season kind of to keep up with the characters or is it like one episode? I reckon you could like skip around a bit. Okay. Like, there's, there's four seasons. This Is this season actually good though? Or should I go back and watch? I'd say maybe watch the third season. Um, it's, just, it's quite addictive, I'd say, to be honest. But yeah, there we, there we have it. What is your thing of the week? Uh, just a quick shout out to um, Succession again banging and season one on my days the finale ooh Mazzaline my thing of the week is the knitted retro men's cardigan you know the like the granddad cardigan where it's like yeah. three buttons so we went out for Joe's birthday and saw one of our friends got more like his friend wear it and I was like it's just beautiful They're comfortable they fit nicely they go well with a lot of outfits. They're versatile. And yeah, I just think they're beautiful. And they are quite in fashion now, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, massively. Like classic and stuff. I feel like, yeah. And, classic um, stuff coming back in a big way. Our friend was wearing a um, shoulder bag, but it was like a classy one. You know, like the Louis Vuitton ones. Yeah. The classic, but it wasn't a Louis Vuitton one, but like, like that. Okay. And I just think his outfit went a bit lovely. Nice. Yeah. A lot of people are starting to go back to like the granddad kind of like what you would imagine your grandfather would wear. And I'm happy because it means tailoring is getting better because gone are the days of men wearing jackets that look like they're going to burst on their back. And people are now wearing like baggy, baggy trousers with their suits and baggy suit jackets, which just look so much better than the slim fits. Well, that's what I was doing my research as well. I saw. Um, double-breasted get a little mention as well are you still on that hike or oh always i, I will be buried in a double-breasted jacket 
Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Um, you need one soon, man. I know, I know. It's just about finding the right one and also having the right amount of money. My thing of the week is Hoppers. I don't know if you know what Hoppers is. Sri Lankan restaurant in London. They have three locations. Known about them since I think basically COVID started because mm. this service called Dish Patch, which went quite big during COVID, which lets you order like London chefs meals to your door and they like fully prep everything for you and you can basically just cook it and it's like really really nice so that was my introduction to hoppers so i've always wanted to go since i had that <laughs> they have some really nice beer uh, they once had a camden um brewery hoppers yeah, yeah, specific yeah. beer which it was actually really cool but um anyone who wants to go it's in soho well the one i went to was in soho they have three as i say um in, in Soho, they have a goat roti, which is specific mm. to Soho, and it's bloody nice. But the nicest thing on the menu, which is available everywhere, and you can get it at Dish Patch too, is the mutton rolls. The mutton rolls are the most. Like, if I could have a mutton roll every morning, I know I would be having a good day because they're just insane. Like, yeah, I've had so many... I've had a lot of so-called best meals in my life. And I'm sure I will continue to have, this is the best meal you're ever going to, and like expensive as well. Like this place isn't that expensive. And mm. especially for sharing, like it's a Sri Lankan place. Like it's big on the whole sharing aspect. Food. Yeah. And like if you, if you took a group here, you'd have such a good time. And the food just comes and comes. They gradually bring it out to you. Like you're never, you're never waiting. And it's just, it's delicious. And it's well worth the money. And I saw Richard Iwadi. So, you know, everything on the up. Oh, I love Sri Lankan food. Was it spicy? Had heat as well. Sri Lankan yeah. food, spicy. Everything was spicy. I love that. I love that. They all had yeah, like we... some good warmth in them. Mm. Makes you feel homely. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. I, had a, I had a lamb roti nice. this week, actually. Roti. Um, from Nepalese, Nepalese. Nepalese joint in Manchester. Joe's birthday. Delightful. And I had momos as well. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. I love sharing food, man. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You can share food with me, but listen, when it's watching series, I'm not sharing that I don't watch that. I don't watch that. Wait for people. We've we've got to do a God's best kids hoppers visit. Yeah, we will. Hoppers the whole team. Get to... The whole team. Production yeah. team as well. Hear that? You're you're coming, bro. All you all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> they said yeah. yeah. Definitely. You've you've got to stop this place now. I'm trying to. I'm trying to visit. What is your sports fixture of the week, sir? Listen, man. Arsenal. Eight or nine finals left. Oh, it's heating up. And I don't know how much my heart can take these times. But Liverpool versus Arsenal away at Anfield next Sunday on Easter, Ooh. 9th of April. And wow, 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 wee wow. Um, Liverpool, listen, it's an important game for them, for their top four hopes. And, you know, they just lost to City 4-1 as well. Yeah. Not a great performance from those boys. And Anfield is a, it's a cauldron, isn't it? It's a scary place to go to. And as a lot of top pros have said, if you win at Anfield, listen, it's something I agree with Gene about, you know, like, if you win at Anfield, you could say, you can, like, you've won the league, not won the league, but the confidence that will give you is insane. Because I can't remember us being well at Anfield for a while now. Also, um, if you guys win at Anfield, you will be like a couple of wins away from basically yeah. points anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we might have, no, we don't have City the week after that, but like it, it's heating up now, it's hotting up. Um, just for our title hopes, and uh, I think it, it, it'll be a nerve-wracking game. No, no wrapping game, but wow! If we if we get a result out of that, yeah. I'd be extremely extremely pleased. Like, 
just what we've done this season alone, I think it's fantastic. Like we've got 72 points at the moment. And yeah, I went got to visit the carpet nice. on Saturday for the first time in a while, like a few months, a couple of months. And what a place to be, man. But well, I shall have to I shall have to see it when I go and watch my childhood team win the Premier League. Yeah. This season. Listen. See, everyone wants a piece of the pie now, but where were you guys when you know we're we're losing at home to Brighton two one and missing out on top four? Not even that, like losing at home to Burnley one nil when Jacker getting sent off in that. Uh, mate, we've been through some times in, in the years. I uh, remember if Arsenal win the league, the streets win. We finally win. True. Just to you... see a league title alone for my like, it would be insane. Insane, I'm just grateful. Grateful that we're even in the conversation. Yeah, shouldn't even be saying that like, because we're a massive club, like, but, but yeah, I it's feel the happiest the... time of my life being an Arsenal fan. But yeah, my my actual thoughts for the week, sorry, is the Monte Carlo Masters, which is also on the 9th of April, um, till the 16th. Uh, I was gonna choose that one. Uh-huh. Well, you didn't. So now we get the both the best world, best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, Djokovic's home tournament. Say so he never misses it. He loves being there. Obviously, not his home home, but like he stay, he lives yeah. there. I assume tax reasons. <laughs> um, money, 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 money. Nadal has won it eleven times. Like wow. if you look, if you look at the tournament history, it just says Rafael Nadal, Rafael Nadal, Rafael Nadal, Rafael Nadal, Nadal, and Alcaraz, his Spanish. Rival, I guess now is there. Um, Casper Ruud is my personal favorite, not for the tournament because he just won't win it, but I just like him as a person. Um, and Sissipas returns to attempt his third Monte Carlo Masters win in a row. So, you know, Djokovic's home crowd, Nadal, the man who probably has won it more times in history than anyone else. Sissipas, who wants to make it three times in a row, and Alcaraz, who is probably the best out of all of them and has something to prove because he's not been playing as well as he should be. Has he won anything yet, Mr. Alcaraz? He's he's won he's not he's won a few masters, um, but he hasn't won anything for a while, I don't think. He's like been a bit quiet recently. Um yeah. so, but it, it is just a nice tournament to watch anyway, like some of the best players and the probably the best scenery that you're gonna see on the tour. Like it's just a nice yeah. thought. Yeah, that was interesting. Casper, I find it like really interesting in generations of a family like turn pro in a sport. Or, yeah. like, just go on. like especially two as well. You know, and those French brothers, the two Rams. Yeah, their dad was like a really good footballer. I think I don't know. Don't quote me. I feel like he's won like a Ballon d'Or or like something major. Mm. But like he was like a top level football player. Like, and then those who just play for France. I think I think that's sick. Oh, it's like Weyer, isn't it? And yeah, um, George Weyer and Roman, Roman Antomac, the French fly half. His dad was like France's best player and used to be the player of the world like 20 years ago. Just keeping on family traditions, isn't it? Yeah, that's also about the other week. Do you remember that Tommy Doyle? Well, he played for Sheffield United in the FA Cup, but both his granddads played for City in like 1964 FA Cup, which is pretty sick. <laughs> See, I, I think, I, I always wonder, like, is it your dad has pushed you into this? Or is it you are so, like, it's so ingrained into you because your dad does it that it, like, you want to, like, match him or you look up to him? Yeah. Because I feel like it can be both ways. Like, you know, LeVar Ball, his, yeah. his kids, like, Lamelo, Leangelo and Lonzo are all NBA players. And there's, I, there's no way he didn't push them into that. Like, there's absolutely no way he didn't go right back. You're 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 gonna be a bloody like he 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 does all of their PR. Like he doesn't shut up about them. He does constant press tours for them. Like yeah. he's pushed those kids into the NBA using like his star power. So is this the same How way? Was he? I, I don't know. I think he was in the NFL. I don't think he was an NBA player. I think he's in the NFL. Oh really? Um, but it's it's the same way. Kind of like what was it was it Brooklyn that got. Beckham that used to play for like someone. Yeah, well, he plays for Brentford Bees now. Yeah, like he only got that because of his dad. Is let's be honest. Uh, yeah, well, he plays for his dad. He played for his dad's team. 
Oh, yeah, he did. So, in America. He went to Inter Miami, which, I mean, when you own a club, surely you can't do that. Like, if you want to rub your players up the wrong way, surely there's no man was allowed to start a match. Like, can you imagine, like, ben- benching Federico Higuain to be like, yeah, go on, Brooklyn Beckham? I don't know. I don't know if he's a good player. Like, I don't know. Imagine, imagine benching Matuidi for Brooklyn Beckham. Yeah, I have no clue. I wonder if he's a good player. I don't no. know. But that will do it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I have enjoyed it as ever. Thank you for joining me, Mr. Offiong Bassi. Thanks for having me, man. I'm just, again, like I say, I'm just happy to be here. And we will see you next week and might even, depending on you, be in person. Yeah, possibly. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, Bye, everyone. Listen, have a great week. Um, be the be-, be the best versions of you. And yeah, attack every day. Love and affection. Look after yourselves and binge watch some Love Is Blind. Succession. Love, oh, is, yeah. Love and affection, sir. Fuck the Tories, and you should. All right now, at this point, I just don't appreciate any of you. So that's it. Hey, 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 hey.